Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Trust your team to come up with answers. Our product have challenges and our distribution have challenges and all that stuff has challenges. But it's always the team part because there isn't any, any obvious quick fix that you can always go back to and fix it. There is a fix, but it's not quick. And so create that environment where every team member knows one that they're going to be forced to grow because they want to. And by forced, I mean, we're going to make time. We're going to have the resources for you to grow. And in that environment, it's super safe to make mistakes and you're expected to make mistakes. And I would even say you keep track of the mistakes and you celebrate the mistakes more than you celebrate the wins. Because the more mistakes you have, the more wins you're going to have. So create an environment where team members feel safe to experiment, to hypothesis, to try things. You're encouraging that. You don't be the answer person. You have great answers, great ideas. Perfect. Throw them into the pot. But it's not your pot. It's everybody's pot and you're just contributing. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Orlando, Florida in the USA, Dr. David Pierce of Ultimate Success in Dentistry. Now, David's had a remarkable journey from a skilled dentist to a business coach and author, and that reflects his multifaceted faceted nature of his professional journey. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that with you today, David. Welcome to the Another Buzz podcast. Oh, thanks, Jorgen. It's great to be here. I appreciate the offer to, to chat with you and to be a guest. It's an honor. Well, likewise, I'm, I'm really looking forward, as I said, to our conversation today. Now, um, before we kind of talk about your transition from the world of dentistry to business and coaching, let's um, explore what's, what's the impact you hope to make in the world today? Well, my mantra, uh, many people's, mine has been, I, I don't see myself influencing millions of people, uh, but I can see myself uh, making a big difference in one person at a time. And so that's been a journey I've been on in professionally and in my private life uh, for a number of decades now. So in the, in the professional arena, which we're mostly chatting about today, that dentistry, because of the advancements, truly has the ability to change people's lives that they're carried disabilities of can't smile, can't eat, can't do things. And so they're much less of themselves. And to be able to fix that is awesome. So my, mm. uh, I, I used to do all that kind of dentistry as when I had my practice a year and a half ago, I sold that. And so now I, I'll say I try to uh, live vicariously 
to my clients by helping them to get much better at helping people to, uh, I'll say simply to say yes to themselves, to just do that life kind of changing work. And uh, as they get more and more patients able to say yes, then I can say, great, I was part of that, uh, that overall success to the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's always gratifying, isn't it? When you've kind of, you're, you're helping the dentist grow their business. And I'm sure we'll talk about how you do that in, in some specifics, but in doing so, they're helping people with those issues that, that you alluded to. And so you sort of essentially impacting more than just that one person that you're impacting directly. That's right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. If, if, uh, it, and actually really it's probably the, the beauty of it is that working by myself, I only had so many leverage points that I could really uh, push on, if you will. But when I'm working with other folks, there's many more leverage points. So for me to be a part of uh, many more people being helped, uh, many more individual people being helped, it's, um, it's uh, much more likely and does happen that way. So it's great. Hmm. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, that kind of speaks to a, a motivator. What, what prompted you to leave the world of dentistry, as it were, in, in the form you're involved in um, as, as a practicing dentist and, and turn your attention to business coaching? Yeah, well, not one thing for sure. Uh, I knew, well, my early part of my journey brought me to New Hampshire and my wife was from central New York and she wanted to move back to central New York after about uh, maybe 25%, 20% into my career. Uh, She really felt like I don't want to live here. I want to live back home with family, understandably. And Mm -hmm. when we moved to central New York, we, I knew that like, this is not where I want to spend the rest of my life. Uh, I want to be able to live in other places. Uh, nothing. Syracuse is a great place in many ways. Uh, however, the sun doesn't shine there as much as it does other places. Um, lots of snow in the wintertime. And so we knew that that wouldn't be our home forever. Uh, the, the, the downside, if there is, about a brick and mortar place is if you're not there, it doesn't create any revenue. And when you're not there, it says, feed me, feed me in the form of overhead. <laughs> And yeah. so, uh, so that was one of the reasons. And, and clinically, you know, I think I felt like I always want to leave at the top of my game, so to speak. You wouldn't want to be like, yeah, you really probably should have left a few years ago. Uh, and I wanted to leave that that skill set of the surgical and teeth part of it to other folks that were uh, certainly more equally and even more capable. And uh, that freed me up to do the coaching part, which I can do from anywhere in the world. So now we're in. Mm-hmm. Two sunny places in uh, in the U.S. living in both, and it's awesome. It's perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's a couple of um, really interesting points there, isn't it? The the location independence, and and then the cost of a a brick and mortar, and and also the third point: if if you're not there as the sole dentist, I mean, I'm guessing you probably had a team of dentists in in your practice, but if you're not there as one of those dentists doing the actual hands-on work, then there's less of that hands-on work being done. Yeah, that's correct. And actually that's, that is a, a, one of the models, you know, for dentists certainly is as you, how would you say, if you want to scale the, to me, you can scale the business and, and, and I say scale it from the standpoint of, of uh, seeing more people, which is really the helping more people, which is really the, the purpose that we're there, 
uh, you know, to scale that, the, the easiest way might be to just have more dentists come in. One of the catches maybe on that is that as my skill set became much more advanced, then it became harder to like, how do you find somebody that has the desire, you know, to do the hundreds of hours of extra education and to do that kind of mm -hmm. dentistry and to do it at a very high level consistently day in, day out? Where do you, where do you find those people? One, and then where do you find those people that want to move to Syracuse, New York? It's an awesome town, but maybe isn't the, you know, the hub of the not world. Not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, right, not for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and my feeling all along kind of consistent, I think, with helping one person at a time as versus big groups is that I wanted to keep things small. You know, it was never big, any bigger than a team of six plus me. And those, each of those team members became leaders in and of themselves, as was part of our culture. And, and part of the intentional thing was it's not going to be uh, a dictatorship in any way, shape or form. It's going to be a high functioning, you know, high RPM team driven process, and which freed me up to do a lot of the clinical stuff that only I could do. And while they handled a lot of the conversations and the uh, relationship part with the patients that were coming in so that that was freed me up to really do what my skill set was, you know, legally, if you will, and skill set wise, I was the only one that could do it. So, so confronted with bringing another dentist, I, I always put that off. And I guess, you know, from a, from a seeing more people standpoint, you know, we just got better and better at streamlining that process so we could help people and have the team become even more engaged and better in their skill set. Uh, and then from a revenue standpoint, you know, that as we became more and more demand, we had to discriminate in some way, I guess you'd say, if you can only see a certain number of people. So one way of discriminating is raise your fees. And, uh, you know, if uh, if the four season goes from whatever it is to 10 times whatever it is, less people show up, you know, so it's a, it's the same way with us. So that was, yeah. our, that was my method. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so much there to really dig into. The first one, I think that that struck me is this idea, and this applies to all business, is someone starts a business because they, they're trained in a skill and that skill's in demand and they're passionate about that skill and they're good at what they do. So in your case, it, it's dentistry. Uh, and then they're confronted with, oh, but I have to actually turn this into a business to make it successful. So, yes, I'm passionate about helping people. Yes, I'm passionate about my skill and what I do. Uh, but how do how does a dentist, in your example, uh, and, and perhaps this is at the core of some of your business coaching, but how do business owners with a skill set who are the practitioners of that skill set within the business make that transition to, if I'm going to help more people, if I'm going to grow, first of all, I need to get some complementary skill sets around me and team and build that culture and so on. But secondly, how do I transition from the person that's the practitioner here to the person that's building this team, to the person that's training other practitioners, to the person that's running this business, um, which almost necessitates that I kind of transition out in some form of of that skill that I have. Right. Yeah. And you want me to answer that in how many minutes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great, yeah, that's. I that's guess, I guess that's your business now, is it? <laughs> Coaching yeah, right. Dentist, so. a million dollar question, right? Or a hundred million, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I think that that maybe philosophically that you'd have to, I feel like you have to kind of look at it and I'm not sure if this applies to every business, but I can imagine certainly every service business this would apply to is like, like we can't be all things to all people. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're, are we going to try to be mediocre where we're basically catering to the masses? Nothing wrong with that. Or are we going to try to find a niche type position? And I would recommend everybody find a niche of some sort. You know, it could, the niche could be just customer service. It doesn't have to be your product or anything like that. Or your, it could just be like, we just treat people so well. They just, the relationships are so strong. They just love coming here, whatever they should do. Um, or it could be any combination of that and the service, the product you offer. So for me in, in dentistry, that if you looked at and said, I just, I want to scale it, but I'm not interested on a very high end, like ours, I would say is a, you know, complete mouth, complete optimal dentistry, take advantage of everything dentistry has to offer and truly change somebody's total makeup. That was our niche. That was my focus. That's what I loved doing. And I knew I'd have the biggest impact on each individual person if I had that skill set and we focused on that. So for us, it it was hard to scale that into bringing lots of people. Therefore, the team that was there, you know, we would have, you know, everybody kind of was a department, Uh, you know, so it wasn't like you have you know, like 500 people in the marketing department at a big company, what, you know, we would have like one person and then one person there, one person there because a small team. And so for me, that type of business is totally, it has to be structured culture. Everything has to be totally different than a business where you look at and say, we're, we're really going to cater to the masses. And therefore it's more of a volume of people flowing through our system as versus a much more time spent on a per person basis. So I think there's that philosophical thing. Once you decide how you're going to do that, then that like your journey is going to look very different as far as the business skills that you have to pick up. Uh, certainly for us, you know, that kind of dentistry for somebody to dentistry, dentistry is hard in many ways outside of the, you know, the fear of pain. There's that, there's things like you, you, most people may not think about, you know, but like, you know, you have to lay on your back and somebody's over the top of you. So already you're vulnerable. You know, like we have these things called like private space where only our really significant people in our lives uh, invade, you know, anything inside 12 to 14 inches from your face. So if a stranger walks up to you that way, you immediately back up unless it's your significant other, then you get ready to kiss or embrace or something. So we're constantly invading that space all day long. Mm-hmm. So you're on your back, you're vulnerable, you're, I'm invading your space. And that's even if you're not afraid of the whole thing. And then there's putting like fear of pain. And so, so it's really all about relationships and trust. Uh, and the more of, uh, more of dentistry doing, the more stuff we're doing, the more those people have to look at that and say, like, so this group of people, they're special, this dental office, they're special. I trust them with my, not my life, but I trust them with my life when it comes to one, they, they help me see my disability. They can fix my disability. I know they can do that. And I'm willing to to embrace them in that process. Uh, very different than if somebody came in and said, "Yeah, we'll do a root canal here, a filling there, and a crown there," and then off you go. And somebody else, it's more not not good or bad, but to me, that's more like, "Well, I got my roof fixed, but hmm. who cares? Just a bill I paid," you know, as hmm. versus something that's really life changing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's so much there that I think a lot of people don't consider in, in business. And the, the example of um, in the situation of the dentist where the patient is actually vulnerable and they're having their space invaded and they may 
I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily fear the pain as such, but they just have this kind of, you know, they hear the word dentist and they ah, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've seen that but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of that in different businesses, isn't there? And the business yeah. owners don't necessarily consider that. And I love that you look at it from the point of view of that human relationship being at the core of really making sure that there's a level of comfort. Comfort might be too strong a word in this example, but but a level of, okay, this this is all for my good and I'm going to be so much better for going through this process. Yeah, and I would say, you know, as I think of into other businesses or as, of course, I'm a consumer, so I go to other businesses you know, mm. all the time. And, uh, you know, well, this morning I went to a, an optometry place for glasses. And it's the second time, third time, third or fourth time I've been there. I've purchased products there before. And they had a new individual there. And, and, and there's no question that when I brought in that, that thing, that to me, I felt very judged about what had happened to the particular set of eyeglasses. Like, what, what's wrong with you, David, that you created this problem? Hmm. And, you know, I, I guess I have broad enough shoulders to figure out, well, I, I really don't, maybe I did. Maybe I did cause a problem. I don't know if I did. I'm happy to accept that. And, uh, and maybe I didn't. Maybe it's more the, the manufacturing, whatever, or it's a combination of the two. So no problem. Let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, at the same point in time, a lot of people maybe aren't at that point in their journey where they can accept that and so forth. So the idea of feeling judged is huge in dentistry. You know, people that, you know, they know they should take better care of their mouth or they know they should take better care of their finances. They know they should take better care of their house when the contractor comes. They just, like, we just know we, you know, we have these standards that have been put on us, whether they're real or not. And then somebody calls us out on it, maybe very unintentionally, uh, as opposed to being very intentional not to do that with people. Don't say things that could ever do that. Be aware of that. Uh, I mean, to me, that's all part of that process of you know, truly trying to create a relationship with somebody in a very intentional way. Because if you don't and you don't have the right training, you can very unintentionally create a barrier between somebody uh, at hello that hmm. is uh, hard to get past. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and I've experienced that as well. I think it, sure. it comes back to getting the feeling as, as a customer that the business cares about you and the individuals in the business that you're dealing with actually care about you and care about solving your problem. And as you say, a lot of, a lot of that is setting aside judgment. Um, so the, the classic one is if you phone a call center to get help with some software, it's always yeah. like, well, there's the power on in the wall. I mean, I get really frustrated by that because I'm <laughs> quite tech. I, I consider myself quite tech savvy and I'm, I'm yeah. given the runaround of have you turned the power on and have you rebooted the computer and all these I, kind of things. And I can, and, and I, um, often this happens when our internet goes down and I phone up and, you know, the first thing they say, well, we don't have a problem, so it must be at your end, you know. And I say, sure. no, no, it's, I have a problem, <laughs> therefore you have a problem, firstly, 
Secondly, I've already done all the standard tests that, that you're going to recommend to me. So let's skip to the part where you diagnose the problem at your end, because I know it's at your end. And right. and that that to me is just like, you know, we're just going through our rote script. We don't really care about you. That's that's what the message I'm getting. Right. Um, and that's the opposite of what we really should be doing as business owners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you can't stick a number on everybody and treat them the same. I mean, at, at Hello, you can treat them the same because yeah. they're a person walking in. But as soon as they start talking to you, then it's okay. Let me. I need to figure out exactly how to help you best. And your situation is different than the one before and the one after you. Exactly mm. right. That's exactly mm. right. But it's kind, of, right, missing well, yeah. it's kind of a missing thing many times, you know? I mean, I'm not sure mm. why, but it's not that common. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I often say it, it's common sense, but common sense is not that common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well said. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, you mentioned culture a couple of times, and and that you know you you had a specific culture in mind when you were hiring people and adding to the team and growing. How do you go about? First of all, how do you determine this is the culture I want to set up in in my little team and how do you then go about making sure that you're living that culture you're hiring for that culture and and that everybody understands that's how we behave yeah i I mean for me it's it's probably it's really really two things will determine that one would be i like to use the word noble purpose like what's the noble purpose of this business it's bigger than all of us like why are we here and if this business were to shut down tomorrow what part of the universe would be at a loss, even for a small dental office, like we can still look and say, so what part of the universe, however big you want to make that would suffer my strong word, maybe, but would suffer if this business closed down tomorrow, we are so important to that. So why are we here? And it's bigger reason than any of us and, and big enough so that people can look at that people being potential employees, potential team members can look at that and say, that resonates with me. Hmm. Like I would like to be part of that. Because that's mm. changing the world. That's doing something for the world that that fits with who I am and what I want to do. And that's different for different people. So that's really, really a large uh, piece of the puzzle. And the other piece of the puzzle to me is just really your core values, just the beliefs that and that maybe the team that really needs to be set by the, the the originator of the noble purpose. Like, why are we here? And that person just has to look inside of themselves and say, like, so what's it? What's valuable for me? One, for me, maybe as who I am, and two, for me to make sure this noble purpose is always dynamic and always being being chased after, like the North Star. Um, so, for instance, one of ours was life, we're lifelong learners. Like, that's just who we are. We're always going to get better. I'm going to, I'm going to set, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, lovingly said forced progress that every single person that works with me, you are going to be a better version of yourself every year and you're going to be able to see that you're going to you're going to look ahead and say how would i like as a team member how would i like to to grow next year personally professionally like what do i want to do what do i want to do and then and then the purpose of the business is to help them and whatever they can do to do that to help that growth knowing that outcome of that is everybody's going to be better and you know maybe the 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 side benefit to me as a business owner is that the team members become better personally and professionally the business is going to do better. More patients are going to more patients are going to be able to get past themselves. In our case, patients to get out of their own way and say, "This is the this is what I need to do for myself. I want to do this for myself. I value it." And you guys have helped me see that. 
and this is the place that I want to do it. Um, and so that was a big, certainly a big part of ours. So even, you know, at hiring people, that has to be like right there, you know, it has to be a win-win. So like, let me just tell you about what I know about you, candidate. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Like, this is who we are. This is why we are here. We are passionate about this. And these are the, these are the, the beliefs and the values that we uphold to the core all the time. You will see it in our actions. You'll see it in everything we do. And we're not perfect. We fall off that sometimes. But when we do, we just sort of hang our heads and say, like, that incident wasn't us at our best. Like, what do we look like when we're at our best? Not like that. Great. No problem. How do we fix that? Like, how did that happen? And how do we make it get better next time? Constantly vigilance of that. And to me, if you put that together, some people, I don't like this word, but some people want to be like that. They just can't do it. Hmm. So they're just not a good fit right from the beginning. No worries. Hmm. And then other people, you know, as the business is expanding and growing, this is really the hard part, I think, Jorgen, is that you can get people to say, like, they embrace the noble purpose. They embrace the and, and show the values and the core, all that stuff. And they just don't have the capacity to keep progressing with the business. Hmm. You look and say, I'd have to invest, you know, two or three years to get this one individual to where they need to get to, to be able to run their department. Cause like one person is a department in a small business. And those are such a hard thing to just look at and say, like, I know that if we keep that person here and we keep moving forward, they're going to get very uncomfortable. They're going to know, like I am holding up the show here. I'm not pulling my weight cause I just can't do it. And to release them and say like, you know, let's find a better place for you in the universe where you fit in perfectly. And we'll find somebody else that's able to maintain that. Those are certainly the, the hardest ones because they're just such yeah, awesome yeah. people. Um, but nonetheless, that's kind of the process, how you get them and how you keep them. And then my feeling is that there are a lot of people out there who just love to be part of something that's bigger hmm. than themselves and grow. And they're, and they're allowed to not allowed to make mistakes. They're almost forced to make mistakes. Like let's yeah, have yeah. lots of experiments and lots of hypotheses. Lots of ideas and, and let's try that. Okay, it, it didn't work out. What did we learn from that? You didn't fail. We just did an opportunity to learn. What did we learn? What can we do different next time? Great. New idea. New idea. What can we, how can we innovate? Hmm. Yeah, I love that um, idea of treating the ideas as, as an experiment. I mean, it appeals to my scientist background as well. Yeah. And, of course, you, you know, as, as a dentist, you'd have a lot of science in, in that training. Um, the... It struck me as you were talking there that, and I, I use this term a lot recently, um, is, is this idea of a culture of care. And that culture of care starts with, you know, we care about our patients. We, you know, want the best outcomes for our patients. We're passionate about uh, making this transformation for our patients. So that's the vision part. But there's also that care for our team members. We care about their growth. We care about them. We even care about them to the extent of if somebody's being left behind and they're going to get uncomfortable because they just don't have the capacity to grow with with that role and with the business, that we will find a better place for them or we will help them find a better place. And, and often, you know, it's a really difficult thing to let people like that go, but often it's in their best interests. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's truly, I mean, it's, it's it's like that tough love type thing that people say or things like that, that sometimes the those things that seem like that seems harsh or whatever could be the very, very best thing that you need to do, you know, do mm -hmm. for that person. Exactly right. And then, you know, like for me, as I got better at understanding what I wanted and what I needed to create that culture, 
I might meet somebody at like in my early uh, part of my journey, it might've been, well, I wouldn't want to hire somebody that's too ambitious. I wouldn't hire somebody that's too capable because then they might leave and then I got to fill the space again. So that'd mm. be, that'd be, that'd be foolish. Don't do that. And then as I, I really kind of looked at that and said like, how crazy is that? So it really kind of reversed around and say, so, so you're a, you're a potential employee, you're a perfect fit. So tell me, what are your five-year goals? Like, where do you want to be? Well, honestly, Dr. Pierce, you probably don't want to hear this, but I'd like to own my own business. Really? Well, tell yeah. me about that. What would it be? What would it be? And blah, 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 blah. How did you get interested in that? So it's exciting. That's so exciting. And you could even say, you know what? Tell you what, if you come in here and you work for two years, not five, but you work for two years and you give me lots of value because you can do that. Like you just jump on our passion. You jump with us and you do that. I will do everything in my power to make sure that five years from now you are super successful in whatever that entrepreneurial adventure that you want to go on. Uh, or even 12 months, 18 months, something like that. You know, just the idea like we're going to be transparent from the beginning. Like this, this isn't mm -hmm. meant to be for, forever. You don't have to tell me it's forever. No problem. You're just here because you love what we're doing. You embrace the, the, the noble purpose and you're willing to commit to it and, and just grow and grow and grow and make this place better and make yourself better. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you yeah, know, and with that, that really happened. You know, people did leave mm -hmm. for other careers, for other opportunities, other things outside of dentistry. And uh, they kind of looked and said, hey, you know, I had the opportunity to grow and it outgrew my position in dentistry or the field itself. And I, and I went in a different direction. And uh, it was, hmm. that's great. Like, you know, yeah, one part it's of my a, life would have been horrible. It's a but great yeah, it's a great attitude, isn't it? Um, I'm reminded of there's a, a chain of bakeries here, the Beechworth Bakery, that uh, I've been involved with in various capacities and, and the chap that founded that as a baker, his name's Tom O'Toole and he's a real character. He does his, his primary activities in life right now, speaking and and uh, doing road trips with his um, 1920s Model A, I think, Ford. Um, oh, but wow. yeah, he's a real character. But one of the things he says in his speeches, he has this expression, he says, Tom, I'm off, Tom, I'm often asked, Tom, what if you hire people and train them and they leave? And his response is, well, what if I hired them and didn't train them and they stayed? <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he has a lot of um, lot of uh, quirky sayings yeah. like that, but that, that one's stuck in my mind and you've just reminded yeah. me of it and I think that, yeah, that's actually brilliant. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's a great, oh uh, yeah, I'll file that away in my, my Rolodex. That's a good yeah. All right. Now, you've also um, gotten into authorship, so written two books, I believe. I think yeah. I'm correct yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, so how has that journey into authorship kind of complemented your career, both in, in dentistry before and now currently in your coaching career? Yeah, it was, it was a fun journey. I didn't. I, I kind of always thought I would write a book. I'm not really quite sure why, uh, but I felt I, that I would. Really, wasn't even sure what the topic would be. Although I thought it'd be something around business and leadership and something to that effect. Uh, at least in the last 15 years, I thought it would be in that dimension. Uh, and yeah, it's it's fun. It's really good to do that because you know if you you can like initially, it was funny. I was talking with the uh, publishing company at the very start of it. And well, actually I'll back up there. I hired a coach uh, when I went into, when I said, I want to, I want to coach people. I said, like, I don't really know what I'm doing that way. Or I, maybe I think I know, but I'm way off base. So I actually hired a coach to help me with that. And we were talking about 
one of the subjects of the books, as a matter of fact, one of, the, one, of, one of the two books, the subject matter of that book. And so I said, I really think I could write everything I know about that subject on a three by five card. <laughs> and so, you know, and so it's funny when you start sitting down and saying, you know, like, so like, what is it that you actually know? And then, you know, somebody would look at you and say, well, so tell me more about like that. Cause I don't know anything. Like you take that for granted. Like the mm. things you do, you're, you just take it for granted. Like your IT stuff, you take it for granted. And then if I was, I'm not an IT guy. So if I were to talk to you like, well, how did you know that? And how'd you know that? Like, where does that come from? How's that? You know, you just say, oh, blah, 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 you know, cause it's what you do. So it really kind of helps to maybe clarify the things that you know, in the sense of like, I didn't realize that that was significant. Uh, and then it maybe puts it more into a structural form. So it even clears up the thinking in my own mind of what does that process look like? Uh, cause a book should have, you know, multiple starts and multiple finishes throughout the book. And, uh, and so it, it allows me to organize that. So it, it's been, it's been great that way. Yeah. Hmm. And, and well received, but which is kind of, you know, I guess that's gratifying. I mean, I think every author knows you write a book for yourself. You don't write it for the audience. You know, it's, kind of, it's, a, it's a gift to yourself. Uh, and yeah. so that's true, but, uh, yeah, it's been well received. So that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, it's a gift to yourself and I, I can really understand where you're coming from with that um, because there's so much stuff that we do take for granted and I've had the experience so often where um, I've been doing a, an in-person coaching with someone and we we jump on the computer to do whiteboarding or it might be um, strategy or something and, and all of a sudden the person will say, oh, what did you do then? What did yeah. you do there? And I go, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Well, right. What you just what you just did? No, what did I just do? <laughs> and, yeah. and it's some little mouse click or point or drawing or or a thought process that that, as you say, you just take so much for granted. And when right. somebody else gets you to unpack it, um, then you wow, there's a whole thing. And and being forced to articulate it then is actually really valuable because it clarifies the thinking. I'm it finding. Does. Um, I don't know if you've had um, much experience using ChatGPT and the artificial intelligence, the language models. I'm yeah. finding one of the most powerful uses of that is exactly that. Because if, you, if I'm exploring something that I think, oh, this can help me write that or it can help me um, condense that or express that or articulate something like that, um, I'm finding that, you know, it, it needs really strong direction and really detailed information to give good output. Right. And, and so I'm forced to actually get that detail out of wherever it is in my unconscious and really right. articulate it well. And um, it's, it's not the, often it's not the output that um, is the value in it. It's getting me... It's yeah. just a tool for getting me to think and articulate exactly what what it is that's on my mind, which is, you know, it, it, I'm doing something right now with a whole strategy exercise and um, huh. what I started off doing, I thought, well, I've got this bullet list of stuff we've brainstormed in this strategy, so I'll just feed that in there and get it to articulate or get it to bring back a statement of yeah. what that is 
uh, which how'd that work? How'd that work for you, Jorgen? <laughs> well, it sort of it sort of worked, but I wasn't yeah. happy with it, and so then right. I'd start to go back and say, "Well, hang on, I don't like this," and I, and then I realized that what was happening was that I was having to articulate this whole thing in a way yeah. that you know it was me then that was actually bringing this to to fruition yeah. but the role of the ai was just to force me to articulate it more clearly yeah right yeah i had had that experience with uh, chat gpt as well I, I don't think i've used it as much as you but but it does like you throw that out there and then it might even say well this is one of the answers to your thing it's like well that one i need to that i need more information about that and i didn't yeah. ask about that kind of goes with the same old thing you know you want better answers you got to ask better questions and yeah and exactly. just puts it into an onion and said well this is your better question better answer thing but there's there's mm, all these different layers down through it as you start asking better question better question better question better answer better hmm. answer better answer yeah that's neat yeah yeah, yeah it's wonderful it's all right tool. well this is fascinating conversation there's lots more that we could explore but i think we'll leave people to go and check out your website and so on. So uh, it's a good time now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. Uh, same five questions that I ask of every guest. So the idea is based on your experience, you'll give some really insightful answers, not that you've already given us a whole lot of really insightful information, but specifically to these questions that will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. Sure, great. Right. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I would say stop trying to come up with the answers and the, the, the solutions yourself. Just turn to the people around you. They have great minds too and say, you know, maybe here's where we want to go. Here's what I want to do. I have no idea how to get there. And so what ideas have you guys got? And then just start playing with all those ideas. So like we talked earlier in the show about having experiments or hypotheses. Look at everything as a hypothesis and say, okay, there's an hypothesis. So here's an idea. Uh, the risk is if it, if it goes bad, do we lose everything? And if the answer to that is no, go for it. Put it in place. Try it out. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful. Run experiments. And and it does require kind of putting the, your ego aside a little bit and having that vulnerability to say, well, I don't have the answer. So what do you guys think? Right. And And to me, that's the most freeing thing you can do. You know, mm. if you if you feel like you got to be the answer person, uh, you know, I can remember having a couple of employees that were never wrong. So what you know about that person is I can't trust you because you are wrong sometimes. You're human, yeah. and when you're wrong, I don't know. So therefore, either you're, uh, I, and so to me, like you can become the most trustworthy person in the world. Just do, be transparent, be authentic, and when you know, just say, hey, I got some ideas. And when you don't, just like I, I don't know. But that doesn't mean it's going to stop us. This means mm. we got to figure out the ideas, the answers together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Great. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? You know, I would tell everybody uh, more than once, I've had two new ideas, I think, in my life. And neither of those are significant to any world except the dentistry. So, you know, quite honestly, in that, it's really, you know, that, that I'm not sure that I, I need a new idea. I just be able to take new ideas and put them into what I'm trying to create. So what I'm trying to create is unique. 
the ideas don't have to be unique. They just have to be applied mm -hmm. to me. So I just need somebody to, to, you know, get, I have a couple of mastermind groups and I can just throw out like, I don't know how to do this. And then like, this, 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 that they had done. It might be like, I can take a piece of that, a piece of that, and a piece of that, and put those three together. And that, that recipe is mine. And then mm -hmm. use that to, to create a solution. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, such a good point, isn't it? Because I, I guess if you, if you really think about it philosophically, there's really nothing new. I mean, everything's been done in some form or other, some way, right? And right. and if you think the universe and nature and all that, how insignificant are we relative to all of that? Ooh. And yet there's so much out there that if you're observant, if you speak to other people, like you mentioned in a mastermind, if you ask yeah. the question, here's what I want to do, um, that you'll get a whole bunch of ideas which by transporting them into your own world, by um, manipulating them a little bit, by combining things, um, you can come up with something that is fantastic and makes a huge difference. And people say, wow, you're a genius. <laughs> right, yeah. And sometimes it's even just that contrary and, you know, type thinking, you know, that uh, mm. that's some things that people say, you know, that'll never work. There's so many examples of that, you know, in the world of uh, yeah. endless examples of, well, that'll never work. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's easy to see what it is because it's just the opposite of what we have. <laughs> it's mm. right there in front of everybody. It's just, you know, the, the general thinking is won't work, but somebody mm. says it can and yep. I'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Uh, I'm just going to go back to well, most of my resources. Uh, certainly people are great. I'm, I enjoy reading uh, books, uh, either reading or audio books, that kind of thing. So to me, it's it, that's it, that's constantly expanding list. You know, you read one book and, and then they go and they, mm -hmm. they say, you know, there's 10 books or, or 30 <laughs> books in, in the book that they read. So I was like, OK, bigger list. Uh, so, you know, it really kind of depends on where I feel like I want growth in myself or in my business uh, to say, you know, I, I need to get better at just communication. Like I just know I can better at that. Okay, good. So like what books are there out there that's on communication and you pick one or two of those or ask, you know, throw, throw that out into your, mm -hmm. your sphere of influence and say so, or to somebody who's very, very good at it. Like if you're going to pick a resource, what would that be? And then yeah. they get you started down that path. Uh, or we could go to chat GPT and say like, well, books on communication and then you know, like you know you'll you'll start getting resources yeah yeah I, I haven't actually done that with chat gpt but <laughs> i get so many yeah. recommendations from people that and and then as you say when you sort of read one book and yes. particularly so there'll be two kind of influences the um you think this is a really great book and the author will say well you know here's some other books that i recommend or right. they'll have written they'll refer back to books that they've also written and you think, Oh, I must go and read that one as well. That's a great point. Yes, indeed. Mm. Yes. Mm. So it isn't a very expanding list. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I have way more books than I can imagine ever reading in my, in my life <laughs> and it keeps growing, you know, so, uh, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 It's uh, wonderful books. Um, and even, people that are no longer with us, you know, their legacy is still here. We still can learn from them and they can still effectively be mentors for us. Yeah. You know, I get any, certainly like in dentistry in life, I would say like, you can't be successful in life without being good with people. 
Like it mm. just isn't going to happen. I don't care what you do at some level, you have to be good with people to have, I mean, I say success, you know, success is not, I'm not saying that by money, although that's on the list, but as far mm. as health and relationships and spiritual and all the other ways, if you have to be good at relations. Uh, and so books that were talked about in relations, you know, I mean, they go back, you could, mm. you could the Bible and before, you know, like, I mean, there's mm. all kinds of stuff in relations that are just as true then as they are now. So uh, yeah, you're that's right. how that stuff is like, it's, it's been around for, you know, years and years and years and years. You just gotta, mm. you know, as you said earlier, uh, Jorgen, you know, you gotta humble yourself to realize you don't have all the answers. Uh, yeah. Just be willing to be willing to want to get better. And mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, all right, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? Well, there's that accountability word. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, tough love, accountability to me. You know, I think that's probably one of my greatest, uh, if I look at my strengths, is like I, I, I know the value of that. I'm willing to look somebody in the eye and say, like, so like, this, is, this is what you said you want, wanted. This is what you said you'd do. And, um, and, and you didn't do it, if that's the case. Or let, so let's kind of dissect that and look at that. And was, what was unclear about that? Or what part about that? Or what happened with that? Uh, and to me, that, that if, relatively very early in any of my relationships, really, as that unfolds, not, not really even speaking about the coaching business, is that you know people will gravitate towards that i specifically think of employees that like gravitated towards that and said said and it's not this but you know like every child wants discipline wants a, wants to know you know inside what what uh barriers or walls is that safety of okay i'm good and so forth mm -hmm. and where i don't and i think adults are just kids with big legs when it comes to that like every <laughs> you know, every adult that thinks like i can come and go wherever i want to in this place and nobody cares like there's a certain amount of like that's just not right yeah. like i just i don't feel solid and comfortable in there as much as like no i know the structure it's not necessarily rigid but it's set it's there this is why we're here this is why we do it um, and so to me, it's, it's all about just keep holding, you know, having, having very clear expectations and standards of what you're trying to accomplish and then just help hold, hold myself and the other person accountable to what we said we do. And then within a loving way, stuff happens, you know, it's not, it's not hmm. meant to, you know, speak softly, carry a big stick. It's not that at all. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, maybe you don't need a stick, you know, just, but just, you know, in a very loving, but supportive, but firm way, just like, okay, like, this is important. Yeah. What you said, you, if you're, if it's coaching, you hired me for this. This is really important. Like, you know, it's not the money you spent. It's the idea that you want to get better. That's why you hired me in the first place. Hmm. And you see yourself as having the capacity to get better and to do better else you wouldn't hire me. So like, let's, let's keep, treat it seriously. Yeah. yeah. So accountability. Yeah. I love the, I love the reframe there that you did the, that it's not, it's, it's more than the accountability. It's actually giving a framework um, of like a room. You, I think you used the metaphor that yeah. this, this is the safe space and, you know, you're running up against the boundary here. If you step over the edge there, you fall off the cliff. So let's stay in the sure. safe space. Hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Stay in the river. Don't climb yeah. down the bank. There's nothing good on the bank. You got the whole river. You got the whole river to navigate. You don't need to be climbing out over there. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, uh, last question to the buzz round. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Well, we talked about early earlier. I, in this, in our climate, if that's the right word, in the United States, 
like just awesome customer service. It's just not there. Like, you know, I, I mean, it just, it's so missing in so many places. Uh, so to me, it's, it's, you know, getting your team and by, you know, customer service to me, I, I, I was at a place the other day and uh, it, it wasn't a dental facility. It was, there's a customer came in and I'm not really sure what happened. And the customer came up to the place where you pay and, and he actually was going to make another appointment for something or other. And I, and I was watching his face and I was watching the interaction and it was a fine interaction. But I was looking at this guy's face and thinking, like, he's not happy. Like, it just was all over his face. Like, this this is not, I'm not happy. And he went through the motions. He paid for whatever it was he did today. I think he probably even might have scheduled something. But to me, that customer service thing would have been just being aware of that and mm -hmm. saying, you know, like, well, like, how are you doing there, Bob, or whatever his name was? And, like, you know, I'm sensing that, like, something's not quite right. Like, so talk to me about it. Like, I really want to know, like, we're here to make people happy. Like, that's why we're here. And, and so, you know, sh can you share it with me? What's going on? And I don't know, but I know in my heart um, that something was going on whether he would share it or not, I don't know. But to me, part of that great customer service is just being, mm. you know, willing to have that conversation where the guy might say, well, this place stinks because you said you do this and you did this or did this or did that. And be like, okay, good. Well, we can learn from that. But the person really looks like and say, well, this person cared enough about me hmm. to ask the question, to engage it, to let, let me know that I'm, my, my concerns are valid, that I have every reason to feel that way. There's nothing wrong with feeling that way. It's our bad for having you feel that way or miscommunicate, whatever we did. And, but together we'll figure it out. And they just feel like they're, you know, they're honored as a, as a human mm. being. And to me, that's, that's at the core of customer service, as opposed to uh, including with, but you know, well, I, well, we smile when they come in, we show them where the bathroom is, we do this. Well, that's all very much part of it. But there's so many more layers beyond that, that truly, mm. as you so well said, you're going you know, to make that person know, not just know and feel but they know that you care. Yeah. By your yeah. Act. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's, I think that's where people can understand and embrace that. That's mm. the essence of customer service. Whereas yeah. a lot of it these days is just the mechanics. Here's the process yeah. we go through. You know, we welcome them, say hello, we show them where the bathroom is, and whatever it might be in in your business. But there's some some things you do, and you kind of go through the steps and tick the boxes and okay right. customer service done it's right yeah right yep and, yep. and I, maybe I, we can I, automate some of that with with technology <laughs> that's that's my yeah. favorite part you know as as a person that loves technology i think well no you can't automate customer service with technology but you can use technology in so many fantastic ways to enable you to deliver that awesome customer service that you mentioned to kind of free up your time to actually observe people and see what's yeah, going yeah. on for or not not necessarily see what's going on for them but sense that there might be something more than than just what they're saying and so have that conversation then about well what's going on for you david yeah exactly yeah mm. exactly right yeah yeah it's good good marriage of the two just yeah. what you need yeah excellent well thanks for getting us through the buzz round um now where can people find out more about you, David, and about the work you're doing and maybe even get a hold of your books and also reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? 
Yeah, sure. Well, I'm easy to find. Uh, so maybe the easiest thing is uh, the business website. Uh, you know, like my cell phone number will literally be on the business website. So I'm, I'm very easy to find. And that site is ultimatesuccess.dentist. There's no common there. So it's just ultimatesuccess.dentist. Uh, so yeah, go on there and you'll see all kinds of great information. We have free giveaways, you know, different ones at different times, uh, just information that really has a lot of value uh, to help folks with different things. And uh, the book itself is called, uh, the first one is published, second is going to be ebook, and it's in the process of being put into that form. Um, and the first book is called Peak Success, An Entrepreneurial Guide to Business Prosperity. That's uh, on Amazon, uh, Noble's, Noble Books, so forth. So easy to find. And there'll be an audio, audible version of that out in maybe, well, they say two months, but let's say four because <laughs> sometimes that so takes longer so yeah 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 are you are you reading the audible version and i you know i thought about it and then i thought better of that you so <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> yeah it's interesting i'm always so curious um whether book authors read their own work or not and and there's yeah. there's a whole set of challenges that <laughs> with that apparently there are Yes. Yeah. yeah. If nothing right. else, I don't have the proper equipment to do it. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So no, I'd rather, you know, it's like, uh, so if the roof needs to be fixed, I'm hiring a roofer. If I need somebody to do a good <laughs> job reading my book, I'm hiring a professional book reader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll include those links in the show notes, of course. Now, before we wrap up, David, what action would you like our listener to take out of the conversation today? Well, I would say, you know, if, if nothing else, like just trust, trust your, develop a team and trust your team to come up with answers. Like if there's any one thing that will, I think will frustrate this. And, and I, I was on an airplane yesterday coming home and I was sitting next to a guy, he's uh, upper management in 550 employees. And so his frustration to me sounds just like the client that I left that had four employees, which is team. You know, the employees, it's not, it's our product have challenges and our distribution have challenges and all that stuff has challenges, but it's always the team part because there isn't any, any obvious quick fix that you can always go back to and fix it. And so to me, there is a quick fix, but it's no, there is a fix, but it's not quick. And so, you know, create that, create that environment where every team member knows one that they're going to be, they're going to be, uh, I started to say forced and I'm going to stick with that. They're going to be forced to grow because they want to. And by force, I mean like we're going to make time, we're going to have the resources for you to grow. And in that environment, it's super safe to make mistakes and you're expected to make mistakes. And I would even say you, you keep track of the mistakes and, and you celebrate the mistakes more than you celebrate the wins. Because the more mistakes you have, the more wins you're going to have. The more you go for it and to be able to, to take away would be so to create an environment where team members feel safe to experiment, to hypothesis, to try things. You're encouraging that. You don't be the answer person. You have great answers, great ideas. Perfect. Throw them into the pot. But it's not your pot. It's everybody's pot and you're just contributing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful call to action and um, wonderful way to look at building a team culture. And, and yeah. really, yeah. And that uh, idea of continuous learning and experimenting. Right, yeah. So, so, so important to, I mean, it's so important to the outcome of the business, but 
to me, it's, it's like when you go to work in the morning, you want to look forward to going to work in the morning, hmm. you know, like, you know, when, when I would go to work in the morning, you know, it'd be, it'd be like, you know, good morning, so-and-so. I mean, and that's, you know, small thing. It'd be like, you know, good morning, this person, good morning, that person, as opposed to nothing or hi, everybody, you know, like, no, they're a person, they're part of your team. Like hmm. say good morning to them, use their name. But at the flip side of that, it'd be, you know, to me, it's like, so Dr. Pierce, we have a great day. Here's what's going on. We're going to do this, 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 this. And then, so how about that? Yep. This, this, it'd be like, awesome. Like what a way to start the day hmm. as opposed to, okay, I want you to do that. And you do that. I have to do that. I have to do that. I don't have time to do that. Like all that stuff. It's like, oh man, it's like, put everything else aside, just to walk into a place. It's like, it, it, they, they just want, they, hmm. they embrace what you're there for. And they want to succeed and they've got to figure it out for the day. And like, that's just, that just makes it like so much fun. Yeah. 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 It sounds Sounds really wonderful. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, David. I really enjoyed our conversation. There's been lots of gold in this, and I certainly encourage people to listen back again. And don't restrict this advice to dentistry and dental practices. Think bigger because... A lot of this is applicable to all businesses. So thanks again, David. All the best for the future and let's keep in touch. Thank you, Oregon. Appreciate the, the opportunity to speak with you and enjoy it very much. You have a great day. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash flyroom and secure your membership to the exclusive Flyworld Nation community, where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations, and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.